Hello everyone and welcome back to Gathering of Gotchas, the only podcast that focuses exclusively on the games your parents don't want you to play. I'm Galen, the sound guy Firestone. I'm Kite. I'm Ronico. And I'm Dez. Welcome back, Dez. How's welcome it going? Back. Doing pretty well. I had uh, work last week, so I was unable to participate. That happens. Yeah, we you had, missed out a lot. We had well, Paris fill in your seat. Mm-hmm. We, we, you missed out on a lot of FFBE, so... Yeah. Fair. Which I don't play anymore, so it's not that big of a loss to me. And today's episode should compensate by being extra light on FFBE in you, so. Yeah, yep, we're exactly. going to try to not overload on that, because last week was an all-FFBE episode, for better or worse. <laughs> exactly. Exactly it is, so... Okay, so apparently... FF8 suddenly appeared so early this time around in the global version, so I'm Yay, definitely surprised. I'm definitely surprised that my resources weren't enough to get either Squall or Safer. What do you think about that, Rana? Uh, I think that is unfortunate that you didn't get them, unless you were asking about the unit themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, well, I've always been an FFB right. fan, so Squall, Cypher, and Quistus, just, I'm totally good with this? Like, what am I missing yep. here? Yep. Yep. Uh, Fujin and well, Raijin. Fujin and Raijin. They're the they four stars. They don't count. Yeah, I know. Well, there's only one banner in this, uh, one unit in this banner that really counts, if you want my opinion. And that is? And that's Cypher, mm-hmm. of all people. Really? Yep. Yeah, because Squall as a unit, yeah, Squall as a unit has literally nothing as exceptional. He's a DPS unit, pure and simple, that is overclassed already at his launch. Uh, Quistis is probably the worst free unit we've had in uh, ever since they've started releasing them uh, with uh, Gentiana and Fujin and Raijin are four stars. Safer, as for him, has his own niche uh, as a provoke evade damage dealer. So that's at least something he can re- rely on to mark his um, uh, his own niche. Yeah, I've heard he has something like a uh, a cooldown that allows him to dodge twenty attacks or something like that. Yeah, yep. same same as uh, Doctor Aiden. Except this time it's on a unit that actually does damage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. He he has an innate seventy percent <sighs> physical evade if you have both of his TMR and STMR equipped. You can uh, just let's simply... talk about the TMRs and STMRs actually, because those are probably the only real price in the banner. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have uh, squalls, which are uh, some big, beefy, true-dual-hand true uh, uh, damage-dealing weapon and material with some LB damage stacked on it. We like those. For Cypher, it's similarly a true-dual-hand uh, uh, damage, but this time with some evade tacked on it. Evade. As- yeah. For uh, Fujin and Raijin, we have a hybrid flail, which is a bit strange, but sure, why not? Why not? As that's for, yeah. that's Raijin's staff. Yep, oh. yep. 
As for Christie's, uh, her, well, her TMI is nothing ex exceptional, just a bunch of stats. Uh, her STMR is actually very good and definitely something people should get because it's a 165 magic whip with uh, innate 50% to dual build. And on her, it has increased item drop rate, but who cares about that? Cave of Crystals. Who wants some? Who wants some pure crystals? I guess. Yeah, but at this point, might as well use Zom. Yeah, we got a lot of there. And th this whip is actually excellent with the future units like CGAs who can actually w equip whips innately. The lucky people who got AI Katie's STMR. And... Yeah, there's also Ellie, which works pretty well with that. Mm hmm. And because she natively has a 150% true devil wield. Add the whip and you're done. Yep. Yeet it. <sighs> but yeah, overall, this banner is uh, really nothing to uh, go hard about. And might be a bit of a bait banner for the FF8 uh, fans before we get to the actual anniversary events. I know, right? We'll talk about more about that later on. Exactly, but for now that's pretty much all the worthy FFBE news uh, of the day, so might as well move on to another game. Oh my god, we're actually talking about something else five minutes into this, I love it. <laughs> when I told you during production uh, that I would have these units reviewed in one minute, two if we're talking about the TMRs as well, I was not exaggerating. Thank you very much. Fair At enough. least you're, you're well being true. I will <laughs> say this much. I did use a... Uh, I did play FF8 on the PC originally when it's original CD-ROM release, and I may or may yeah. not have like used a trainer to add Cypher to my team on a permanent basis. Oh, that's nice. So having, having Cypher as pullable is not something I disagree with. Yeah, no, he's an angry dude, but he has something endearing in his complete rage about literally everything. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know, I was an edgy kid back then, I enjoyed him. <laughs> Same yeah, case no, with Opera yeah. Omnia when Cypher actually becomes a playable character. I'd be okay oh, with yeah. that. Um, yep. Yeah, no, I've, I've always had a soft spot for FF8, I like it a lot. Uh, I, like, I like it better than FF7. Um which I know is a controversial opinion, but uh, I do. That is not to say FF7 is a bad game. Quite the contrary. I've been making very clear that I do enjoy it. But um, no, I like seeing FF8. I would, I would probably pull on this banner. They're very different games with very different atmosphere. Well, they it really like are. This one resonated more with you. Yeah, uh -huh. it did. It did. Also, Blue Fields is the gold standard for field themes in an RPG. I mean, honestly, FF8 is my favorite Final Fantasy soundtrack of all time. No, Same. No. It used to be. I think FF7 Remake might be beating it now, but uh, FF8 was at one point my favorite and still more or less remained so. Um, I'm still leaning towards FF14, but that's uneasy because there's so many tracks. Yeah, that's that's kind of <laughs> overload. Uh, I'm, I'm not as into FF14 soundtrack as you are. I'm definitely yeah. more of... I, I do like it, but there's way too many English lyrics in too many boss themes. And it just bothers me. I get me. it, I get it. Okay, and now thank and that was our preview of our future <laughs> game music podcast. Once we find a fourth person for that, anyway, uh, sure, let's talk about Arknights. 
All right. Okay, let's talk about uh, that. So we are going through an event right now, which we talked about very briefly last week, called Contingency Contracts. And what that is, is that's a real interesting one. Ooh. Contracts sounds like Hitman in a, in a nutshell. I mean, it kind of sort of is. Like, basically, the idea behind the, the uh, event is that... Um, you pick different things that you can add to stages, and then basically each of these things that you can add is a challenge. Uh, they go from, they range anywhere from, you know, one point challenges up to, the highest I've seen is three points. I've never seen higher than three either. Uh, basically, the shortest possible version is rewards depend on the difficulty, and you pick the difficulty and how difficult it is with options like enemies gain more attack speed, or you gain less deploy points, things like that. Oh, that's interesting. What that reminds me of is uh, the Supergiant games, uh, uh, which have a system similar to that, uh, mainly to motivate uh, the new oh, game plus, yeah. where you can take special challenges uh, to add to the difficulty and to vary the rewards. Yeah, I did that in my first playthrough of Bastard, actually. I remember that. The, what are they, that wasn't Shrine, was it? The there was for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually did well, that. Yeah, yeah, and no. it's there in Hades too. Once you beat the game once, um, so I love that system. So it's great to see it implemented it in that game of all things. Yeah, um, no, it's it's really cool. And then there's two overall quote unquote things about it. There's an ongoing stage that lasts the entire two week period, and that one you can get up to difficulty level. Uh, Des, what did you say? The best rewards were at, like, 16? The I've heard the rewards go up to 18. You can actually go up to, like, level 25. Yikes. Um, but at that point, like, it's really just for bragging rights and not actually for, you know, any, uh, any actual benefit. I like that. Um, and then the other thing that actually really kind of gets me about this is that there's daily rotating stages. Mm. So a stage shows up for 24 hours. It's one of two map and enemy setups, but every day they have a different set of challenges. So every day they all play very, very differently. Like right now we're on this one where there's this mage roving around the map and then a bunch of dogs and heavy armor guys run at you. And you have to kind of navigate both the mage and this guy. And today the challenges are completely different from two days ago. The other one is a very ranged, heavy, like, drone swarm, um, where you have an archer stand, like, in the middle, where you can fit five or ten ranged units, and then nowhere near them are a, uh, defense zone, where you can have your tank units. It is very, very interesting to watch how these stages evolve, just by these different challenges. Mm -hmm. And while there's still a rough, like, core strategy throughout... I don't feel that that core strategy um, in any way negatively impacts uh, the game itself. I don't know. I find it very, very, very intriguing how this works. Uh, and then the rewards are actually kind of stellar. One of the things about the contingency contract stage is they take no stamina. Or no sanity. Excuse me. It's the same thing. So, Ooh, even better. Yeah, you just can just keep trying them as much as you like. And it will not disrupt wow. any of your other activities. Yep. Um, 
Just takes time. Just takes time, which you're going to need to take because these stages are hard. I'm kind of working on today's daily right now, and it is, it is a <laughs> thing. Because my choice is, like, plus 100% enemy attack, minus 70% ally defense, lower deploy points, attack speed None up. None of this sounds like, good. Oh, it is painful. That's kind of the point, Ron. Yeah. None of it is good. So, you know, you gotta, you basically gotta pick your poison based on the units exactly. that you have, who you have prepared, you know, what kind... It's, it's really dynamic, and it leads yeah. to everybody basically ending up with different strategies based on, you know, the units that they have and yeah. their, their capabilities. And this event has caused me to promote some weirdo units. Like, I never thought in my life I would ever promote Moose to E1, never mind E2, but here she is, my 21st E2, and then right after yep. that was Shira Yuki, an otherwise mediocre uh, ranged AoE physical. So I'm just like, okay, this is interesting, um, but they ended up being extremely useful in getting me clears mm -hmm. that I otherwise wouldn't have had. Yep. Um, yeah, I uh, I got a unit that's similar to Moose, her name's Asesia, same mission profile basically but i got her to e2 um specifically for the uh ongoing stage yeah it is a very very interesting one uh this stage has made me fall in love with general heliger this guy is like i already liked him but this guy is absolutely absurd how good he is now heliger's a pimp he really is <laughs> Uh, oh, so close. Yeah, I'm still working on it myself as well. Um, Heliger is a very weird unit. I don't think we've ever described him in detail. Basically, he is a block one guard who cannot be healed by outside sources except Angelina or specifically, like, he can't take heals, but he can receive passive healing is basically what it boils down to. Yeah. He has his own built-in passive healing, which does stack, and then every time he attacks, oh. he gains 70 hit points. So, he ends yeah, up... Yeah, he heals passively whenever he's yeah. not attacking an enemy. Yeah, and then, uh, as his hit points lower, his attack speed goes up. So... So, he sounds like the kind of guy you stick far away from the rest of your troops to just duel, uh, duel an enemy every now and then? Correct! Exactly. That is exactly his mission profile, and he excels at it. He's really good at it, yeah. Another one of my E2s during this event. Oh, God, <laughs> I wish I had him in the first place. I pulled pretty hard on his banner and got nowhere. Well, I don't want to say nowhere. I think I got, like, a second Hoshi or something. I got, no, I didn't get Hoshi. I got something on his banner that wasn't him. Yeah, you got some six-star. Yeah. I think it was my second effort now that I think about it. Who, you know, fire good, but, like, yeah. <laughs> Sadly, you can't deploy her everywhere. Uh, yeah. Unlike Asia Fala, my... Like, Heliger and Asia Fala are the top of my want list. Asia Fala is a single-target caster who thinks she's an AoE caster and does really good at it. Or maybe it's the other way around, an AoE caster who thinks she's a single-target. I don't know. Either way. She's technically single-target, but her skills add AoE, basically. Yeah. Uh, she is half of Team Barbecue along with Ifrit, which is just light them up. Um, those, her and Jibro Heliger are the top of my, the top of my, uh, 
the top of my want list. I'm actually at the point where I refuse to call him anything other than General Helliger. He gets the title. Um, <laughs> he's in General Leo land on that regard. Like, I, I, I'm not calling him anything less than that. Uh, um... But yeah, no, the, these these levels promote strategies like you wouldn't believe. Promote promotions like you wouldn't believe, but that's fine. Because a lot of promotion mats are in the shop, and since the stages are free, the rewards are technically free if you complete the stages. Yep. They're, the stages are challenging for sure, but yeah. they're definitely lucrative. So I do find myself very pleased with how... Um, Very pleased. Yeah, with I'm really enjoying this event this as well. This event is gone. Uh, I have a question. Does, Shoot. Does it have penguins in it? No. No, no penguins. Well, unless you Not deploy this. Magellan, who's a penguin girl, but that's entirely optional, and she's actually cool. Ah. <laughs> I've actually used, I've actually borrowed Dez's Magellan a couple of times. Yep. Uh, there, a couple of them, like, maximize the amount of people you can put to a squad, but Magellan's whole thing is she puts down drones that act as squad members. And normally, her them taking up deploy slots is a bad thing, and kind of one of her weaknesses. But in this specific instance, when your squad size isn't nearly as high as your deploy limit, she actually mm -hmm. becomes awesome. Because now, all of a sudden, you have a ton of extra AoE power. Mm-hmm. Basically. She's basically four units in one. Yep. Four penguins in a trench coat, for sure. <laughs> Four penguins in a trench coat. I like it, Rana. Uh, so yeah, I'm really enjoying this event. It's really challenging. It's really a brain teaser. Today's daily is awful. I am angry at today's daily. But um, <laughs> I could not figure this out for the life of me. But, uh... <sighs> Excuse me. But yeah, it's... Sorry, I had to mute myself momentarily. I just beat Contingency 14. Oh, I <laughs> assume that was a big yes. Good job. Congratulations. We'll have to... Live, please, right on air. Yep. The money has been wired to your account. <laughs> Fair enough. Mainly I mean, what the contract is. I'm going to get rewards for it, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've been using a lot of the points once I finished all the permanent rewards to just buy upgrade mats for people. I have all of my five stars at E1 or above now. I love it. I'm able to do Which that. Which is impressive. Yeah. I'm not done. I'm probably going to finish my four stars. I'm going to try to today, assuming I can finish this daily. Uh, because chips are on sale. Chips are the things that tend to take most of your stamina when promoting people. Like, bats you can kind of buy from the store. There's other ways to get them, but chips there isn't. Chips you just gotta go get, and this time they're giving you the ability to buy E1 chips for people. Not E2 chips. That you still gotta do the old-fashioned way. But the fact yep. that I could just get E1 chips is awesome. And I think they designed it like that partially because this event requires, like, so many different strategies, right? Yeah. Because you're gonna need a lot of different people... At least at E1, like, I've actually seen a guide posted, I haven't looked at it, that does, like, through Risk 18 with only E1 operators. And I'm just like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to do on this level, I'm so confused. Anyway, we're gonna put the phone down. 
I'm looking at this contract list going, my options are all awful. Either my melee gets rocked or I can't handle the ranged. Like, what do I do here? Well, I'll if I come out. up with a strat for it later today, I'll let you know. Thanks. I may need to borrow your brain on this one. I don't mind sharing strategies on this one largely because uh, they are daily and they do come and go quickly. And again, it's free. It's not like it costs sanity, so it's it's worth it to help each other out. I also may need to borrow your Risk 14 strat, but I think that uses Astesia because of her hit too, and I don't... It does use Astesia, but I'm thinking Moose can probably be subbed in for that. Uh, Durnar anyway, is also we should... technically an option, but I don't like her all that much. The more Not I use her, the really. more I'm like, she's kind of underwhelming compared to what she says she can do. I know I talked her up last time we talked about, um, Arknights, and after having actually used her, I find that to be a mistake. Um, she's underwhelming. I will certainly let you know what the strategy was, but... That being said, we should probably move on to War of the Visions. No, we shouldn't, because we still have more oh, wait, the, to talk about. Yeah, we still have more stuff. I'm sorry. Good morning. My bad. Yep. Um, <laughs> we're done with contingency contracts. We're done with contingency contracts. It, it, it's okay. I understand that not all people want to talk about anime. Well, we're actually going to start with the, the banner that comes with contingency contracts, and then we'll talk Go about ahead. anime. Go ahead. Um, so we have a targeted headhunting banner, and what that is is a limited pool uh, banner where your bonus unit, or where any pull you get will always be one of a specific set of units. Now the Any five or six star. Yeah, any five or six star. So the five or six star units are absolutely, the, the six star units are absolutely absurd. Like, oh my god. Uh, let me just look at it real Good quick. Good lord. Yeah. Asia Silver, Fala, yeah, Silver Angelina. Ash, Chen, Asia Fala, and Angelina. I would argue that these are the four most powerful six stars in the game. Currently. Yeah. I, I, I don't think anyone has this level of raw power as these four individuals. They, they're they basically bringing the pain and bring it hard. Yeah. Um, they're all extremely powerful, extremely useful. In Angelina's case, she completely became a star of my strat almost immediately after I promoted her to E2. Uh, and then Chen has been, like... When you, when you originally thought about Angelina was, like, kind of meh. <laughs> I did, and I have admitted that I am totally wrong on this regard. Um, the five-star operators on the list aren't bad either, although not quite yeah. the level, same level of power. Telopsis, damn solid healer. Texas... Great, cheap uh, Vanguard, who uses arts damage, which is very nice. Mm -hmm. uh, Platinum, who is a very unique kind of archer who can expand her own range over time. Quasant, who I don't have, who's a very cool tank. Manticore, who's a block zero AoE bomb, so you just stick her in a melee range and watch her smack and stun things. And then Swire, who's super underrated, who um, is a melee buffer who's supposed to stand behind a melee... Uh, and her range is enough to hit things in that melee's range while buffing that melee's attack. So, um, I kind of feel like Swire's underrated. I do use her in a number of strats. She's great backup for hard melee characters like Chen or like Siege. Honestly, like Silver Ash. Um, because while he does ranged attacks, he goes in a melee spot and thus she would buff him. Yep. So, um... And because this this does operate under standard headhunting rules, if you do in fact uh, if you do in fact uh, go with this headhunt, um, you're within your first ten rolls, you are guaranteed at least a five star. 
Yes. And that's not 10, 10 plus ones, or 10, 10 rolls. That's within your 10 individual rolls. Uh, normally, it's optimum to don't do the 10 roll, but to roll one at a time. The only reason you're doing a 10 roll on any banner is to you know, scatter shot specifically for the banner unit. But if you're just looking for bonus, you're going to end up saving resources by pulling one at a time until you get the oh, bonus yeah. and stop. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, it like just the fact that they release this banner kind of like they clearly know how powerful these units are. Oh, yeah. And these units are a big part of a lot of different strategies for this event uh, yeah. that, that, you know, I've used Chen just I, about everywhere guards haven't been mm. bar haven't been banned. Yeah, Chen is a mainstay on my team. Oh yeah, shoot, Ajafala and Angelina are both mainstays on my team. I want Ajafala so bad. Isn't, Silver Ash isn't a mainstay on my team, but that's because I hate the guy. Yeah, Silver Ash is a jerk in story, so a lot of people I know don't use him. But in terms of sheer mechanics, he's awesome, so, like, you're not going to do wrong if you don't have an emotional reaction to him. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm probably lessening on my emotional reaction to him now, like, I'll probably eventually use him, but, like... I mean, you spent the resources to E2 the guy. Which is about the only reason why I'm eventually going to use him. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna eat to him at some point. He was literally my very first unit. I got him out of the tutorial pull. I thought the tutorial pull was a guaranteed six star for the longest time because I somehow <laughs> got Silver Ash out of the tutorial pull. <laughs> yeah. Basically, Galen's a lucky duck. Dude, I got four top operator tags in a month. Yes, you did. How did that happen? That's four free six stars. And that came out to it what? Seems that it maybe seems like luck in other gacha games when you got pulled back to it. Maybe yeah, paid we'll it see. Off. I'm still debating Game whether or not to get into Ceno, Alice. Well, we'll, well see what it releases. We'll yeah, see what it releases. we'll see. It, it's also going to be an interesting topic once it hits live and global. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to at least covering it to cover it. Because it is Taro Yoko, yeah. so we can expect a lot of crazy. Of course. Anyway, so that's what is. Let's talk about what's upcoming. Uh, they released a very, very slick uh, anime preview video for Chapter 6 of the story. Which I gotta say, takes some absolute chutzpah. It nice. kind of shows how popular this game actually is, and I feel like I kind of yeah. underestimate it. Um, oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's big. Yeah, no question about it. Like you would. I've seen talked about in completely unrelated place several times, which is kind of and incredible, I, amazing. And uh, I, I think I would have wondered for a while uh, who are these characters I see so much artwork for if I didn't uh, share, uh, bask in your knowledge of Arknights uh, for this very show. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't want to say too much on it because mostly it just covers the event of Chapter 5, but man, it looks slick. They put some production into this. Yeah, they have actually released a lot of different, like, animated things like this. Yeah, like, they. I know they released the one time, for Code so. of Brawl, which kind of made me angry because Code of Brawl was easily my least favorite event story-wise. 
That was the one with Penguin Logistics, and I'm like, I like these characters, but man, this story was bad. <laughs> maybe it's because been there's Penguin in it. Or the Penguin that... didn't help. It died a lot like Candy McCormick did. Kinda. Yes. I mean, it only died, in big air quotes, once, but... Yeah, know. but then they had an off-screen conversation where she, where he apparently died even... Uh, they recounted the many times he died before. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of screen time. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of gotcha games releasing anime trailers. Anime-esque trailers. I mean, yeah. It's not just Arknights. can be any other gotcha game we know. I say I've I've watched this several days ago and I find it really really weird in a, in a way but it's still nice because they did work hard hard to make this scene. Yeah. Yep. Um and again, I appreciate that level of work. It does make me want to see Arknights like I know Yostar is capable of doing games that aren't just the gotcha because we have Azure Lane Crosswave like Please cross this over into some other kind of game. I would love to see, like, a hack-and-slash actioner set in this world. Frickin', you know what? Give that it to Koai. Cool. Let me see Arknight's Warriors. I would totally play that. Whoa. <laughs> Here we go again with the Warriors. Yeah, I'm a Dynasty Warriors nutball. I'll dress up like a skin to Sanctum 2. Uh, sure. Which is that tower defense third-person shooter game. Oh, that would work. Yeah. Or mod a game with some Arknights characters in it. Also would work. Yeah, I, I do really like these characters. Um, the story, unfortunately, talks about tactical stuff that doesn't actually and cannot actually happen because of the gameplay. We've talked about this before. Um, so having that actually mean something would be pretty neat. And what they call them? Doctors? Uh, the main character is a doctor, yeah. Ah. It's Doctor Your Name here. Yes, exactly. Yeah, pretty much. So in my so case, Doctor Sound healing. Guy. It <laughs> is, actually. Uh, oh. Rhodes Island is effectively a pharmaceutical company just with a private military contract arm for some inexplicable reason. Um, no, they're, they're literally about, you know, curing a very, very deadly disease... Um, the uh, treatment of the victims of which have led to the rise of the uh, insurgent group Reunion, and Reunion are full of these infected who are sick of being treated like absolute garbage and have risen up to raise hell. Basically. So, you are actually trying to cure this disease while also dealing with jerks who refuse to wear masks and are just uh, causing a bunch of mayhem. So, um... I guess you're playing as Dr. Fauci? I mean, that's a valid name. Politics joke. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, oh. No, no. The main character being a doctor is actually relevant to the story. Uh, yeah. And, and not the only one, too. Medical science actually plays a very big part of the story. But there's also, like, these anarchist crazy people, Reunion, who just want to blow crap up for the sake of it. And they're also a problem that has to be dealt with, and that's why your military side gets involved. Yep. And the world is a lot more dangerous because of, you know... Yeah, events. this world is... I'm not going to go into the whole story, but... An absolute mess of a world. I would not want to live here. Me either. 
I think that's about all we have to say on Arknights this time around. Uh, I would agree. But that's not all we have to say about anime. No, because I guess not. Because it turns out uh, World of Visions uh, had uh, this uh, anime preview which covered basically the story of the first five chapters. I'll talk about it uh, in an episode before. Yeah. And in the quality of life uh, update that was uh, added a couple of weeks ago, uh, they've mentioned that they would uh, add a way to play this uh, short one-minute anime clip into the game. What I assumed it meant was that it would play stay at the completion of Chapter 5, or that you could have a way to watch it from a gallery in the options menu, something that would make sense. What I didn't expect was that it would fire automatically when you launch the game. Every single time you launch the game. First doubling the load times every time you launch the game. Oh, that's, joy. That's oh completely minor. Obviously, you can skip it, but you still have a bit of a load time increase. And More that, load times. Yay! Yay! And I just had to make that gripe because otherwise that quality of life update was very, very good. Yeah, that sounds very yeah, silly. Yeah, you have uh, clearer indications whenever you have a chocobo uh, upgrade uh, or a uh, uh, whimsy shop that popped up even during uh, mm -hmm. the times you auto-farmed. Uh, you have uh, the ability to trade your items from other items of the same quality or higher. Kind of like if you could turn uh, 10 Chris into a uh, Mega Chris in uh, FFBE. You know, the exact kind of features everybody's been wanting for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, but it's there, so we like those. Unfortunately, no easier way to get uh, job uh, job stones. So that's the highest barrier to actually level up uh, your units fast. Uh, and uh, another thing uh, that wasn't mentioned or very briefly, but that makes a world of difference when you actually play in the game is that they've added tons of voice lines, including for uh, mundane actions, like having your character selected on the first turn of the fight, oh, nice. which uh, makes uh, things very much more alive. It, yeah, It I can fire that. back a little when you're farming a multi-stage and you have four of the same units, so at every single time you hear the exact same voice line four times in a row... <laughs> <laughs> That's, Something I tells me you might have some yeah. experience with this, Rana. I like you, Lucia, but that's a lot of the same voice line. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who voiced Lucia. Uh, I haven't checked, honestly. I didn't go deep in the voice actors involved in the game. Uh, I just enjoy it whenever it pops up and... Uh, uh, yes, uh, Mount, when you say, I will protect everyone, you sound like the hero you are, and the world doesn't deserve you. <laughs> Mont was always the one that he keeps on left out. Uh, it's a bit more complicated than that in the actual story, but uh, he is still a very optimistic boy in a very pessimistic world. 
Uh, I'm cool. still rooting for Macheray. Uh, Macheray, you mean? Oh, yeah, Macheray. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we haven't seen her in a... Oh, wait, no, you we see her in the very last chapter, actually. Uh, but uh, as far as a unit goes, she hasn't really shown, unlike the most, uh, some of the most recent unit drops. So we haven't talked uh, about the game in a while. So there's been two waves of units, which I'll cover uh, in uh, two terms. So first we've had uh, the banner with Lucia, Adelard and Tetrasilfid. Lucia was uh, uh, and is uh, the first of our double gunners, which is uh, like a gunner, but twice the guns. Uh, you can still only equip one gun. You, you uh, like dual wielding guns, do you? Uh, actually, I'm more of a big rifle guy, but uh, it looks nice on her. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the skills are pretty cool too, with some possibilities like chaining up to four hits in a row on her own, which is a tremendous help on mission, and some interesting arrays as well. Uh, overall, she's a very powerful unit, and the base for one of the two ways the meta are going. Uh, in particular, she's great at tank busting, because she has innate piercing armor, and uh, buffs to add uh, even more to her and units around her. So she really helps uh, shreds uh, uh, the Engelberts, of course, but also especially the Mons for those that still use him, because he's still a very <laughs> good point, and she is very good against him, and wound while Mont is Earth, meaning that she deals bonus damage to him. Oh boy! For those who are who are not Mont, their defenses are useless against her. Yikes. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it comes to a point where I'm actually not even using a tank anymore in arena. I find I have better uh, better results just going full ham with Shiza, Lucia, and uh, Orlando. Oh boy, it's gonna be fun. Uh, as far as the other releases on the banner goes, uh, we have Adelard, which is an MR unit, not a UR, uh, and he's a red mage, and most importantly, as a red mage, he actually has a red mage hat! Good! Yay! Yay! That's what we've wanted! I don't care if you have less power than Miranda, you are a better red mage. Yes! Hooray yes. for Red Maid Pats. And then we've had also Tetrasilfid as an Esper and Vision card, which is basically tailor-made for Lucia as an Esper that favors a lot of ranch units and has innate winter mental damage. So that's a good way to add even more to your arsenal. Uh, the vision card is starting to get a lot of importance now that we've had several weekends with which to farm money and actually have the resources to start uh, leveling up the vision cards. And this that buffs ain't no joke. It's easy to neglect them because they're not as fancy as the equipment of the units themselves, but they do work. Uh, 
No, on the other set of units that was released most recently, uh, it's an interesting twist because uh, while we also have an UR and an MR unit, the MR unit is the real prize. Why is that? Uh, well, that's because the UR unit is a Dragoon, and Dragoon in World Divisions, as it currently stands, are not very good. Because, because the jump have charge time, and if your target moves while you're charging, you jump in on a big pile of nothing. <laughs> oh my. That's a big irony right there. What? She's a bit better than other current Dragoons, such as Alder or. Uh, Truth, I forgot hey. her name. The one that's also. Eileen. There we go. But hey, it, uh, sh it should work against stationary enemies if there is one. Yeah, and the meta is currently on not st not being stationary, and that's not going to be solved. Nah, so oh boy. dragons don't have really the time to shine just yet. Uh, and meanwhile, we have Miranda. Uh, no, not Miranda. Uh, we have Salir, uh, which is Adelaide's sister. So we're having a family of MR uh, units there, and she is... What is she? Ba basically, she's Mediana with uh, a Thunder Element and no LB. But other than that, she's about as effective as her. She is probably one of the best mages in the game right now. For an MR? Yes. Uh, well, that's the thing. It couldn't have gone that smoothly, unfortunately, so there's a caveat, which is that uh, we're having missions to have plenty of shards for her, and uh, even missions to have shards for uh, Victoria if you pull her early. Uh, but So we have ways to enhance her. The problem is pulling for her, and Kind of like Gilgamesh, she has a decreased pool rate. This thankfully doesn't translate to more expensive materials, but she is only a 1% drop when a uh, featured uh, MR is normally a 2% drop on their banner. Ah, okay. I so, see. Yeah, so that's unfortunate. They know she's a rare treat, but I don't personally feel think that's the right way to emphasize that. Uh, but point is, uh, even if she is probably one of the best MR units alongside Mont, uh, chasing for her is probably dangerous and I wouldn't recommend it. Ow. Yeah. Sounds like chasing for any units often dangerous. Yeah, but if you get her off banner, she's a great one to level up. Sounds like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I've also had uh, some interesting experiences these past weeks when it came to progression. Okay. Because, uh, well, all right, uh, I got Lucia, but it wasn't per se on her banner. Uh, what we've had as she released was a step-up banner. The first we've had ever since the beginner one. 
uh, and it's a similar in structure where you get several steps and the final one has a you are guaranteed. Uh, you get your first step at half price, your second step at three quarters of the price. And for the first, third and fourth steps, you get uh, tickets that let you get uh, non-farmable resources, uh, 50 of them, uh, whether it is uh, fragments or uh, souls. And uh, so that's pretty helpful. And I got Lucia on the second step, so I thought naturally, well, since this type of release is at the same time she released, she has a write up. Uh, no, I just was a dirty laxack. It sounds kind of like Galen with his uh, tutorial poll. That's yeah. exactly <laughs> the situation. You're walking on sunshine. I mean, well, uh, it, 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 it's an intended pun because summoning UR units sounds like they're on a fashion show. Yeah, very much. They straight down the walkway. Yeah. <laughs> and Lucia has this particular sense of style, so that helps too. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've been using her, but I haven't fully leveled her or anything. I just kept her at the basic usability threshold, which is uh, free limit break. And she's been doing great work. Uh, especially for the raid event, which I'll talk a bit later. Uh, first, I will come around to talk about one thing I've done for her, uh, or tried to do, but I haven't, haven't finished yet, which is to get her a weapon. Because I didn't have any gunner, I didn't pull for Frederica, so I didn't have any great weapon, and uh, her the stage to farm the Wessel Getty lasted two weeks uh, along with her release, which is her best option for a game. Uh, I found this stage since it released until the very last day it closed, and I barely managed to scrounge almost all the, uh, the materials I needed. Almost. To have the weapon at plus five. I have currently two of these weapons at plus four, but I can't take them to plus five, not because I like the materials, but because I lack, I lack the books you need to enhance the guns to have them fully uh, leveled up, to be able to be used as a material to fully level up the next one. Mm. A point being, weapon farming is definitely a bit of a pain, and uh, yeah, no, it's taken a lot of my resources. I literally went out of stamina potions. Yeah. I have used oh, all dear. of them. Yeah. So, and even with that, that's uh, that wasn't enough to get one fully leveled weapon. So, yeah, the grind in this game is definitely a thing. Sounds like the grind in Arknights. Yeah, a little bit. But that's kind of fine because Arknights is fairly respectful of your time and doesn't seem to require yeah. dupes to the same level as um, as War of the Visions. Uh, yeah, though here it's more a matter of uh, disrespecting the real lifetime. Honestly, if 
Tomorrow they announce we are doubling the energy cost of everything, but we are also doubling the rewards of everything. Bravo, wouldn't want anything else. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, That's pretty sweet. But that's not what's going to happen most likely, so I guess I'll just uh, hope the, the feature they've mentioned they'll add to switch the phone to low battery usage when you are farming and not inputting anything uh, should be helpful enough. Because We can hope. We can hope. Because it's running hot too. Uh, now then, uh, there's also been an interesting thing regarding Gilgamesh, uh, who has been the fancy boy of the roster ever since the launch. Uh, and, the fancy uh, now, boy. Yeah, and now there's a payoff for that, because he has his second character skill. Every character, every you are anyway, uh, no, every character at all, actually, that gets to level 40 gets a character skill, and Gilgamesh now has a second one. Now, it does unlock only at level 80, which means you have to L before him, which is expensive. But if you do, you get a thousand more HP on the character, and more agility, which means more turn, and more slash damage, which hurts, and more accuracy. And that makes him really good. You just need to have invested in him basically since the start. Because of his half pull weight and his double cast for uh, his uh, shards. Wow. Yeah. But hey, at least there's a reason to do that. So the people who have Fair. gone hard on him just because they like the guy... Yeah, at least have a payout. Mm, at the least. Uh, yeah. And uh, the event that has filled most of the time uh, this last uh, couple of weeks have been the chocolate chocolate flan event trade. Chocolate sounds delicious. Flan. Yeah, that does sound delicious. Yeah. Explain. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, that was an event that originally was released during Valentine's Day for JP, and uh, basically uh, Global decided that all uh, seasonal event-related things would just release on time, even if it's not this event at all, which is how we had uh, Christmas-related uh, vision cards uh, yeah. in April. They did that in Arknights as well. We got Halloween stuff very, very early. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> the same thing here. Uh, so we have a wonderful stage that is a tie like it's a giant chocolate bar, and we have a chocolate flan as the bus. And the way the way Sounds works is that, fun. is that uh, you uh, uh, every around forty to fifty energy you spend. Uh, the raid boss appears, and you can tackle him anytime during the next 12 hours. Uh, okay. And once you challenge him, uh, you just go ahead, uh, go in for free, no additional energy costs, and you get some uh, currency and materials uh, once you defeat him. Uh, now, the casting card 
uh, is uh, when you start getting in the higher levels because every time you defeat the chocolate flan, the chocolate flan gets tougher and tougher. You're right. gotta be uh, kidding me. No, yeah, he increases in levels at each clear, and uh, his damage. That's how it worked in FFBE too. Yeah, yeah, and his damage doesn't increases a lot. It's his HP and his tankiness that increases a lot, and every attempt you have a limited amount of action you can take against him. So eventually, you can't just clear him in one go. And it's when you go for the second, third, and uh, so on things that you have to actually spend the weight orbs. Uh, so that was a bit strange on the first few days because we had these weight orbs refills items, and uh, a lot of us were like, what are they even used for? I'm not spending anything. I can wait forever. It's great. And once you reach your 40th or 50th clear, it becomes very obvious why you had to have <laughs> these weight orbs. Especially given that the boss is very tailored towards the latest units. That's because he has an, a huge resistance to strike damage, uh, which isn't that relevant, and most importantly, slash damage, which is most of the good units we have, save for Frederica and Lucia and Mediana. And I guess Ayaka can spam Comet too. too so much uh, for a delicious chocolate flan. I mean, I had a Lucia, so I went pretty well, but uh, it was definitely a tough grind for a lot of people. And, uh, yeah, uh, the multiplayer aspect as well was, I had a few problems with that too, because on paper, uh, what it did was what it did with uh, the rest of the multiplayer content, which is, you can't do it solo, but you have better rewards if you do it with several players. The problem is that since the initial clears and a lot of the lower level stuff doesn't cost resources, you aren't tempted to join in the other stages to clear, to help them clear the stages and get this clear for free for you. Also, you can't stay in one raid room and farm because once you've cleared the bus, you have to make the bus appear again. So the multiplayer experience was pretty terrible. <laughs> because all rooms were instantly cleared for the first few days, and then nobody joined for the next few days, and then on the last day every room was full again. Seems like they're rushing. Yeah, and uh, I think they need an incentive to join other people's room. Uh, for the next raid, because if they keep the same system, it it just doesn't work. It honestly just doesn't work, Fair. and it makes the yeah. task uh, uh, more of a grind that it has any right to be. Yeah, the rewards were, were pretty good. We had uh, some uh, rainbow uh, uh, fragments and yarn balls. And an exclusive uh, UR accessory, the Alexandrite wing, with the materials to craft them. But I didn't go that hard on the raid because when it appeared, I was still on the grind to have the weapon. 
And so I just took my wins with the fragments and uh, moved on. Which is what we're going to do as well as far as games go, because that's most of the World of Visions news. And so we can move on to Dissidia Final Fantasy Opera Omnia. Yep. What have we missed these last couple of weeks, Kite? Okay, so we've got a lot to talk about for the past month, and the first the first thing that we'll be talking about is the most sought out character for from the first month of June that has been released, and that's Arciella from Final Fantasy XI. I have She's no idea who this is. Me either. Me either. But I, uh, Ryan used to play FF11, but he doesn't know either. She, well, for a, a little background check, she's one of the princesses of the Odlin house. And that's what I think about it is that she's one of the primary characters of one kind of expansion, which I I have no idea what it is because even I myself don't know much about FF11. But let's just say that she is once ridiculed as a witch, but she has a really great ability to to communicate with nature. That's why a lot of adventurers likes her. So the main kit on Arciella is that she is a multi-purpose unit. She is a dispeller. She is a debuffer. She also prevents using HP attacks on enemies, and she can also give brave batteries to allies. And what's more, she can also heal. A breaking news very quickly regarding the character. She is the main story protagonist for the expansion Seekers of Adolin. Okay, that was a bunch of words that I'm supposed to understand and do not, unfortunately. It's so... the name of one of the FF11 expansion. Got it. No, I, I did understand that. I'm just so far behind on FF11 in general that I'm just like, hmm. I just played for a couple hours. <laughs> I didn't play it all, so... I only know a couple of people who played FF11, but they didn't go that far as Seekers of Odlin. Yeah, no. I reached level, like, 20 at best. But tell us more about this unit and why she's so good, besides the bravery battery. Well, she, ha she can go on two forms, which is Ascension and Descension. Ascension here is when she dispels all enemies' buffs, including the ones that are not usually dispellable by regular means. And she's her. During Ascension mode, she can brave battery allies while also dealing damage. Okay. As for Descension, if she goes on Descension, she debuffs Max Brave and Speed, which is joined into one frame debuff. So even though if an enemy is immune to the basic max brave or basic speed down debuff, this particular debuff is considered unique. Okay. That sounds already very good. You ignore the basics of the generic attack max brave and speed down. And another thing in that is that she can prevent enemies from unleashing HP attacks, and that's for two turns. Even though if an enemy reaches a high brave capacity, which is about to be using an attack that will nuke you, RCL would say, nope, shut up. 
That sounds also very good. In yeah, of I'm hard liking trials. what I'm hearing about that. And her EX weapon ability is... It's a basically a AoE split damage HP attack with high brave battery gain for everybody, including herself. So sounds good. It's really effective when you're on the summoning phase so that you can get high brave high brave gains for each of your party members. So she sounds like a good unit that does a lot of unique diverse thing very good. Yep. The primary pioneer of the HP Silence is Kefka, which has been released a long time ago. So Arcella got a lot more than that. And it, it is also really good because a lot of people who are returning players, including myself, don't have any debuffers or dispellers, which is a very, very big main problem to me. So I did got Arcella after 15,000 gems, so that's three multiples. Congratulations! And alongside that, she's going to be really good post-Chaos era. And I think she really is still, depending on the situation. She is a magic-based unit in general. Okay. And up next, up next, we've got this Mission Dungeon event that's going to end this Thursday or tomorrow, depending on when we will have this episode be on its recorded version. I keep on forgetting that term. And actually, two of the characters that are featured got their ultimate redemption from the most, let's say, the most worthless or useless characters to definitive monsters. First up is Cyan from FF6. Okay. He literally is one of the worst characters in the game previously because all of his attacks are only brave damage. He doesn't even use any HP damage, but now he got a rework. And take note of this, his skills can now ignore defense and can now guarantee hits, which ignores evasion and can cleanse debuffs of the entire party. He also got his EX weapon right off the bat. It's really good. He can now ignore a lot of enemies' defenses that are say, impossible to even deal damage with. He technically ignores that now. And this time we also got Fujin from FF8 who got her EX weapon and rework. She's now a she's now a launch care she's now a really good launch character on her EX ability. She can also imbue wind elemental to everybody's attacks and it's not a buff it's a field effect as long as she is on wind mode she can imbue everybody with wind element there's also there's also her wind imperil which is really nice pair her up with a pandemonium summon with the rest of the party and using her ex ability she can make everybody get launched by the time you perform an attack on them and there's also wind elemental damage as long as the enemy is not resistant or immune to wind. Wind character does wind stuff. Yep. I respect it. You know, Fujin, rage. Okay, moving on, we've got, of course, you, every you guys play FF14, so you all you all know who this is. Alfinod recently returned last week. Oh, hi, creepy elf. 
with, with his lost chapter, and now he got an EX weapon, which is a tome. Uh, for, uh, from the name, it says Lemilton. Lemigaton? Yep. Um, I'm going to have to leave that to, uh... Nope, yeah. I don't play Scholar. Okay, you then. You don't play Scholar? I, I should level it, but uh, right now I don't have... I know that I've looked a bit at how Alfino uh, acts uh, in uh, Upper Omnia, and it's nice that he has uh, both his uh, Moonstone Carbon Kill and his Obsidian Carbon Kill. That's pretty cool. I take it he can switch between a more supporting role and a more offensive role? Yep. Well, yeah, I found his EX weapon. It's Lemigaton. Okay. Lemigaton. So Lemigaton allows his EX ability to actually use Obsidian co Combination, which in fact transforms the Carbuncle into the Obsidian version. Right. I've seen the Obsidian Carbuncle in 14. And his Brave and HP attacks becomes double HP attack combo. Which is really nice because he also gets brave cashback. So instead of getting zero brave on one one attack, he gets back like about one third of his brave back, so that he can prevent he can he will not be at risk of getting broken. The thing is, if you if you switch to Moonstone Carbuncle, the Obsidian effect will be removed and vice versa. And both. And both effects are removed, however, if he gets broken. Another thing about Alphanod's EX ability is his second ability, which is the... Let me check again. I think I lost it. Okay, Radiant Obsidian, which allows his next turn to have a free ability use. So if you either use Summon Moonstone or Energy Drain or his Crystal Strength 65 abil ability, the use cost will not get reduced. And on top of that, including Alpha Nod, Ida gets reworked and he, she got her EX Awakening. Nice. EX Plus Awakening. So rumor has it that she is now a really good attacker. But in this case, a lot of Fist users are competing with each other lately in up, up to date. But the last the last Fist user was Prish from RCL's event, who also got an EX Plus Awakening. But I still hear that e Ida after EX Plus is really good. So those Ida fans out there, if you got her EX early on several months ago and you you want you want to make her the best out of it go for it and awaken as for Alphanod, he's a beast now i mean he can do magic damage he can do free turns he could even heal the party sounds useful and the carbuncle's cute it is i have I have an affinity for cute things. That's why. No, suddenly, really. Never would have guessed it. I suddenly got his EX out of boredom. I got it, and now I got a cute, fluffy companion with me. Good for you. Oh, I gotta wait for Alice. 
because I I like her design. I I like her art design. It really fascinates me. Yeah, uh, I actually just got to the point in 14 where she crossed class to a sword class. Right now, it looks like she's a gladiator, so I'm not sure where she gets Red Mage from, other than, you know, still doing magic stuff, despite Stab. Mm. Well, she's still a sword user here in Operam, yeah. Well, the Good. sword with I like the, her better with the sword than with a book. The sword with a crystal thing in it. Yep, yeah, that's what I, I wouldn't look too much into it because I've just checked the name of the book and cross-referenced it with the database for FF14. Mm -hmm. And the name of the books are Samano books, not scholar books. Well, yeah, because even in the story cutscenes on Alfina's last chapter, she's not, he's not technically a summoner. But he did yeah. call a carbuncle. He did call a carbuncle, and it's to me. I don't care if he's a summoner. The carbuncle's still cute. Uh, that's fine. Summoner is a subclass of arcanist, so that's not really that weird. Yeah, no, it's the same subclass. It's just that I would have expected him to be more of a scholar than a summoner. Yeah, he does do a lot of healing for a so-called. Um... And technically, he's an NPC with an exclusive class, but it's uh, interesting. As that, I've uh, said, he's got a book and he's got a carbuncle. He's closer to Arcanist yes. than he isn't. Yes. Like, there's a technical, like, NPC job thing going on there, but generally speaking, it's just an offshoot of the same correct thing. Yeah. Yep. They've got a lot of offshoots in this game. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Renoa's dog, Angelo, is there. For Angelo Cannon. There is also Interceptor, Shadow's dog with his EX ability. Yep. And Chalenka, who is Yuri's twin sister, who is also participating in battle with Yuri's EX skill. Nice. Compa companions do appear a lot as offshoots and special references. Good. And speaking of offshoots and references, Alfinod is actually a spe uh, an additional boosted character for one of the main one of the recently released character events from Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles: The Crystal Breakers, which is another hyped out character by the name of Kais. Nice. Okay. I haven't haven't played a whole lot of uh, Crystal Chronicles lately. Hmm. Well, that's not from the OG Crystal Chronicles. It's for one of the spin-off things. Yeah, it's from Nintendo Wii, where Lail is the protagonist. Keys yeah, is they, Kais or they, Keys? Hmm? Yeah, and they made it a weird third-person action game on the Wii. It was a strange one. Yeah, I, I, I know. Especially if you, if anyone here is playing Crystal Chronicles, the Crystal Bearers, you can actually cause a lot of havoc with Lil around. <laughs> He's a man of trouble. Yep. But anyway, Kais or Case here is a dagger user, specializes in range attacks, and he is actually allows an ally to initiate a launch sequence when they do when they do their next attack with his hero support. And he's pretty notorious because when he's the only character when initiating a chase sequence or a launch sequence, he can either immediately inflict break on an enemy or do brave battery overflow when doing launches. So he's a really 
he's a really, really good monster launcher alongside the ones that people usually use this, apart from Lael. I guess that's... And himself. Good question mark? Mm-hmm, that's really good, because launching in the city allows you to do additional damage without wasting a turn. So if you got some additional brave that you want to you get rid of in, without actually going past and wasting a skill that has multiple hits, just just expend them right away for more damage. It's All right. real estate. And a lot of launch monsters are really good combinations with Kais alongside Lael or Fujin or even Zidon, who recently got his rework in EX Plus Awakening. So, for those who have Zidon, including myself, he becomes a really good debuffer with some monster overkill brave. It's going to be a matter of time until he gets an LD and burst weapon. So, for those who who really love Zidon, it's really cool. He's up it up. Summon-wise, I got bad luck on Kais. I actually had to pity him after 75,000 gems. Wow. That hurts. That's all my resources, but at least that's some insurance because both Arciella and Kais were on the pity limit, but I got Arciella quite at a lower cost, so that helps me with some gem reinsurance right there. So I got a lot more to farm by next month. And let me see here. So, yep, the boosted characters on Kai's event, apart from Zidane, is also Cloud. And there's Alphenod, who is the additional boosted character, since he got released permanently as a lost chapter. And now, let's see here, because recently there was a live stream yesterday. So I'm going to give you what's... I'm going to give you a little of what's going to happen for the month of July. All right. So looking back here, so there's going to be a scheduled maintenance tomorrow. And by Thursday, it's going to be a brand new chapter for Opera Omnia. Act 2, Chapter 9. It's called Light of the Living. Seems like it's based on the lore of Final Fantasy Type Zero. Okay. And we've got some brand new permanently recruitable quote, antagonist by surprise, and you can permanently recruit Claude Darkness as a story character here. Yay! I've always liked her. I really have. I don't know why she's technically Necron before there was a Necron, and I don't particularly like Necron, but I do like Cloud of Darkness for some reason. Admittedly, Xanda was actually trying to summon Cloud of Darkness, as opposed to Necron, who just shows up out of nowhere, but like, yeah. She's going to be an important character for this part of the story because according to a friend who plays the Japanese version, Cloud of Darkness will have to toy on Ace's mind. So it's going to be a really, really intimidating thing to, to go on. And from the looks of it, Kafka is also there. Yep, Kafka is also there. Okay. So, Cloud of Darkness will get her EX weapon debut, her character release, and alongside that there is also Kafka's EX Plus Awakening and an alternate attire. He has a green turban. I yep, he don't has a green quite turban. get what that's referencing, to be perfectly honest. 
I I don't even know if this is based on the city of NT. Because Kuja's alternate attire was based on the city of NT. And there's also Ace, which is also a featured character, but he doesn't have his EX weapon available in the summon banner. It's Ace, no one cares. Ah. But the story is all about Type Zero. Cool. There's 13 other people in Type Zero who are cooler than Ace. <laughs> except, except Queen and Kurasame and Size doesn't exist yet. Oh, I was about to say, like, are you trying to tell me that Queen and Sice are less cool than Ace because I will fly to the Philippines just to smack you if that's what you're trying to say to me? No, them not existing uh, is... No, I mean, they don't exist in the game Yeah, yet. okay, not okay, yet. okay, that's fine. No, like, when you first started saying that, I'm just like, what did this fool just say? But, okay, you, 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 you made sense. It makes sense. We're okay. We're all good. No smacking will be had today. No fish smacking Better will be. be had today. Yeah. Better be. Fish smacking. God, that can be right. <laughs> and apart from that, after the scheduled maintenance, the characters that were released with EX weapons, EX plus awakenings, will have their enhancement boards available. And these are Lena, Cypher, Freya, Prompto, Ida, Cyan, Fujin, Prish, and Alphanod. Okay. There's going to be an additional boost in their skills, their EX abilities, and their passive abilities. So if these are if these are your favorite characters, you want to enhance their boards, you want to make them stronger, that's your cue. All right. And let's see here what's else next. Okay, we've got another new difficulty on Abyss Normalis for beginning June 25. So the new rule here is require. I don't know what this means, but it seems like, according to a source, it might be you need to require to have you need to have a character from that specific series. For example, the quest requires you to have Final Fantasy VII characters. Your party must be composed of a full Final Fantasy VII character roster for your team on that particular quest. So we got a lot of characters in Opera Omnia. It's going to be a really, really unique way to clear quests with a specific FF game or a specific weapon type or crystal type. Who knows? We're going to find that out maybe this Thursday. And maybe on the next week once we got another brand new episode. And just one more thing to do here. Okay, let me see, let me see, let me see. Okay, here's one more thing that I'm going to talk about. So, it's going to be available on June 29, and that's Afmao Lost Chapter. It's going to be available permanently with her EX weapon. Before that, I'm going to do one more announcement here, and let's see here. This June 29, next week, Afmao from Final Fantasy XI will become a permanently recruitable character as a Lost Chapter event. She's going to have her EX weapon available. That's her debut and awakening. So that's a lot more. That's a lot more to offer. And of course, there's also her rework. Um, I, I think I'm going to tackle more about Afmao next week because I don't have her recruited so I have no idea what her abilities looks like so it's going to be a really interesting topic next week 
Okay, so that's it for the city of Opera Omnia. And now, let me see here. Oh, yeah, we got a topic of the week here, which I think I better be afraid now because <laughs> Galen might might have something that might have something to tell me about. And actually, what defines a bait banner? Only no, the fandom no, no, no. and literally nothing else. I disagree. There is well, something else that also defines it. And as far as I'm concerned, that is hindsight. Yeah, but that's only available in hindsight. That's not available at the time at all. And I'm sorry. Um, in a genre that's of games, of my point, really. in a genre of game where growth is constant and never required the top tier of the meta, unless you're mm -hmm. in like the worst game possible. I, I remember there were some games where you really required the top tier of the meta, and I'm, you do not want to be playing those, believe me. Hmm. Um, and then, uh, like, one of the stupidest things I have ever heard in my life, and I wanted to just smack the person who said this, was after, I believe it was the Long Beach Fan Fest of her FFBE, uh, they announced the Kingdom Hearts units right after Christmas, and someone called out Christmas was a bait banner. I wanted to kick them in the groin. That is the stupidest thing I have ever heard. No, it is not a bait banner. It is Christmas. There's Christmas every year. There's always going to be Christmas. This is not new information. And as it turns out, Kryla was a long-term awesome unit. Probably had more longevity. Probably had more longevity than Christine did on that same banner. And honestly, the uh, like the Kingdom Hearts units, they were fine. You know, I, I, they were they were good. But like I don't I don't it just kills me this idea that somehow they're intentionally trying to drain resources from one thing to put to another. And I'm sure in rare occasions that's the case, but I believe the fandom overblows it to the point where the idea of a bait banner has completely lost its actual meaning. Yeah. Besides, I, I, I personally... No, go ahead. I personally think if you're going to pull on the banner... It better be worth it to you, you know. Yeah. So if you're pulling out a current banner that's worth it to you, that's never bait because that's going to give you a benefit if you get something off of it. Yeah, I mean, True. what time I just I just feel like people calling things bait because they think they're trying to that the creators are trying to make you spend resources before something else comes out. I think that's kind of a loadable. Yeah, because Maybe creators are happen, always but... trying to make you spend resources 100% of the time. That's the point of these games. If one mm -hmm. is more effective than another, cool. And if you're one of these guys who fails to anticipate something that you have no way of knowing is going to happen in the future, congratulations, you're a human being, question mark? Like, what am I supposed to say to that? I think there's two things to alleviate a bit what you've said. Okay. Uh, and to uh, I mean, one to comment and one to alleviate. The commentary is that uh, when it comes to draining a, a person's resources to have them actually purchase some of the, some gems uh, or the likes, uh, 
Bait banners in the common understanding of them aren't the most effective way. No, they're not. It's to shotgun release several excellent units in a row. Yeah. I, I know the way I spend most of my resources wasn't when I had uh, some good things and then some better things. Is It's when I had two banners which were exactly what I wanted in a row. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't cost them anything more to make a good unit than to make a bad one. Oh, the difference is uh, marginal. Pretty much. Mm, the when, uh, other when... thing... No, no, mm. go ahead. When I, well, uh, when I summoned last Christmas, I thought of it as a bait, but it turns out it was much more of a, an element of surprise. I never expected to get two Noels consecutively. Yeah, which um, is a really big benefit. I even bought, I even bought the prism, got the SMR, and it was a really good thing. It it was never a bait to me because, as a Christmas enthusiast myself, I really want to get those characters. I remember, even though there's a surprise collab that was attached to it, and people say, "Hey, it's a bait." Who cares? Yeah, it's really like. I, I think my anger at the idea of bait banners is less that they do or don't exist, because I'm sure there are some cases where it does. My problem is the fandom constantly calling everything a bait banner just because the next one out is always going to be good. But that's the genre. The next one out is always going to be good, period. That's what gotcha games are. It's constant growth. That's the point. Pretty much. Like, I remember... Now, that's another point that I believe facilitates a lot the appellation of what is and isn't a bait banner. Sure. And that's the fact that we do have a way to look into hindsight and have expectation as to what comes next. And that's the JP release schedule. Meaning that every time something global exclusive or out-of-order releases... Either it's worse and then it's useless trash and ready to invest resources in it, or it's good matching JP uh, and current releases levels, and then everything before that was baiting hindsight. Yeah, but that doesn't make any... I mean, like, again, how can you consider hindsight after the fact? Like, all that is is showing that, hey, gambling isn't fun. Which I think we all already intrinsically knew. <laughs> That's the whole depth of what is known very commonly as surprise mechanics. <laughs> okay, alright, thanks. Um, <laughs> like, my issue with... Um, like, I remember there was one FFBE banner. I think it was also just after that same Festa... Where it was just offering a bunch of holiday and global exclusive units as a guarantee on a step up with a limited pool. And I pulled that on stream and people were like, dude, this is bait. And I'm like, no, this is benefit. There's nothing on here that doesn't help me. This is worth for me spending my resources on. Stop. Knowing full well Wait. that, yes, more powerful units may be coming in the future, but this would provide me an instant benefit now. and would do so for a very long time. And as yep. it turned out, I ended up like Lilith was my main tank after that for about a year. And then she downgraded just to off-tank after that. And I'm like, what am I supposed to say to this? No, this is awesome. Wait, when was no. that? Was it around Lunar New Year? I don't know. It was like January-ish. I, I think it was like the around the Christmas time when they upgraded them, right? 
I don't know. It was it was like January or February after after a festa, after a thing, when they announced this very banner. I think this was actually I remember this was this was a festa thing because we won that banner in a contest we couldn't actually lose. Okay. Alright. That's the one nope. where you actually summon global units that are returning, selected yeah. global units that yeah, I think that's around the Lunar New Year event. Yeah, it was like limited pool plus a UOC at the end, and I'm like, this is too powerful of a banner for me not to yeah, pull that's on. It. That's it's it. got that's so it. much benefit to it. I don't know why anyone wouldn't pull on this, even if there are technically more powerful units coming, because the level of upgrades we got on these units were absolutely absurd for the time. Uh, and then several of them ended up getting massive upgrades later anyway, and I'm just like, all right, sure, now Malfazi's an absolute powerhouse. Hooray! Now, one of the... Uh, I always loved Malfazi. Malfazi's great. I know. I love Malfazi so much. I'm still waiting for a fort. Darn it. Sorry to interrupt, mm -hmm. Renna. Go ahead. No, uh, I was just reminiscing one of the things that did make me feel like this was a bit of a bait and switch. And that was in Valkyrie Anatomia. Yeah, but Anatomia had... is just evil these days. Yes, but that does provide an example of what could certainly be construed as bait because they had a Lenef with more power and then two weeks after they had another Lenef so the same unit, even the emotional investment isn't a factor there and this unit had even more power it was two leaps in a row on the same unit two weeks apart the first one I think is fair to be called a little bit of a bait. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's that's kind of the difference here, in that, well, I mean, then again, Valkyrie always does this. Didn't they push, like, practically a year's worth of meta upgrades over the span of, like, two months? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, did. they're, they're kind the of thing... notorious for this over in Valkyrie yeah, but land. The, the difference is that uh, the full uh, meta shift means, means that even if you... Uh, pull just before the bump of meta power creep, uh, you have plenty of other banners to uh, suddenly catch up. Here there was this bump, and then we cut up to the last meta before finally readjusting starting about a month uh, ago, I think. I don't... I My brain just shut down, I'm sorry. Yeah, Valkyrie Anatomia does that to you. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean, it's it's... It's it's Anatomia. I really, really wanted to love that game, but that's that's one of the main reasons I got out of Gotcha Games is just how just obscene that particular game was. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you stopped playing Valkyrie Runa? Yeah. Do I remember that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's still. It, I haven't uninstalled it yet, but I don't even come in for the dailies anymore. Yeah. Ah. Uh. That, that sucks. Hey, apparently they even added a way to have uh, a sort of select uh, summon for the orb you want. So that's that, That's not all bad on that front, I suppose. But, yeah. Well, for me, I for mean, a improvement definition... Improvement, but, you know... Yeah. Still. Yeah, there's too a little, lot late. of room, indeed. Well... Of course, for a definition of bait, meta, even though if you follow the timeline religiously, 
it just happens to be mixed match topsy-turvy over and over you'll never know well fmbe is a really great example yeah and i've i've actually had to yell at you for this a couple of times kite because you really like paying attention to the japanese schedule and i learned pretty early on that was useless because they are happy to make these balance changes and upgrades like i remember them saying oh final fantasy tactics part two is a bait banner and then all of a sudden like for like two years uh mercenary roms became one of the best tanks in the game and i'm like what do you want from me this guy's amazing now yeah originally in jp he was kind of garbo yeah because there's very little in common these days between the two metas yeah, yeah. to be to be honest i i don't even want to look forward on whatever JP's holding on now, except for upcoming legacy characters. That's all I'm cared about right now. Yeah, and we can we can talk about that when they come west. But for now, I'm not too concerned about Japan because, frankly, the more we pay attention to Japan, the less we the less service we give to our listeners, who we love very much, and want to keep as informed as we can. True. Hey, remember when they said uh, GL and JP are very different games, and that used to be a joke, and not the hope we cling on. Yeah. That's been a very, like, the fact that we didn't get Summon Fest and instead they fixed our pools and made things more fair and interesting shows very clear that, yes, they are, in fact, two very different games. And the and, and the polling meta is completely different. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Everybody gets a fair share now. and Which is great. That's how it should be. Yeah. I mean, everybody wins, even if you do a full step up. You still get a unit that you want. And I throw oh, yeah. money their we, way in order to reward this behavior. Exactly. If you're yeah, doing we good... A- we absolutely like more fair. Yeah, that's more one of the reasons why I'm okay spending the little bit I am in Arcanites. I buy the monthly card a little bit. Uh, I bought the $1 bundle that gave me Gummy, my first deal tank. One whole dollar gets you a really cool unit. Uh, and then I did buy a costume fund, which I haven't even come close to running through yet. So, like, I'm going to have that for, like, a year. And I'm okay with that. I feel good about doing that because Arknights is an extremely fair game that gives so much power to free-to-play, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I think one of the best ways to look at how to avoid bait banners is to just look at the contents of the banner. Is this something you want and will you benefit from it if you pull it right now? If yes, go for it. If, If not don't go for it pretty much sometimes long-term planning goes uh, a bit out of control and it's easy to lose sight of what is yeah i want to spend my resources to acquire this thing so my point here is that no not every banner until we get new vision is a bait banner because something drastically better comes after First, because a lot of support units are still very useful in the New Visions meta, and also because sometimes you just want to pull for a unit because you like it. And as much as I'd say Squall isn't top meta or anything, if you pull for it because you like Squall, you're not being baited, you're spending your resources in a unit you like. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, that's really all most people should be there for, right? Being able to play the game, enjoy the units that they have, and you know what? Even if you don't have the top meta units and 
pretty much all of the games that we cover, you're still going to be able to clear content. Will you be able to do it as easily? Probably not. Will you have to put in more work? Most likely. But you know what? You're still going to be able to clear the, the content. And at the end of the day, as long as you're having fun, yeah, that's what matters. Don't stress True. yourself out over this. If a banner benefits you, that's not bait. That's a good thing. You just mm -hmm. got to actually be aware and read up enough to know if it benefits you. True. I'm thinking of a catastrophe scenario where, say, I pull for Venera in World of Visions. I get her. The next week, they say, we have our first global exclusive unit. It's Vinera. She's like Vinera, but better. And uh, I'll be like, who cares? I wanted Venera. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much the correct answer. Like, bait banners really only matter for meta chasers or fans who like complaining about stuff. With the exception of things like Valkyrie Anatomia, where they deliberately bait you. But again, Valkyrie Anatomia is evil. We've covered this. <laughs> this is not... I have nothing to add to it, so I'm just nodding. <laughs> <laughs> like there, there's Valkyrie like Anatomia than... and there's super greed practices and then there's these other games that aren't it's really easy it, to kind of yeah it's easy we have an alignment chart on the good guy side we have Arknights on the bad guy side we have Valkyrie Anatomia every other game is somewhere between those two pretty much <laughs> it's the same picture I mean no no it's not the same picture just kidding oh. Ay, ay, ay. Anyway, anyway, the <sighs> good, the only thing about this is, even though if you don't get the unit you want, there's always the creativity. I always like making teams that are not meta. Oh yeah, I mean, heck, the meta. Oh, yeah. Look at me in FFBE. I'm using Blue Mage Fina alone in the main story. Yeah, that's awesome. Like seriously, even... what's more fun? Using the top tier meta units for big numbers, or using cool units you just happen to like to prove you don't need the meta. I'm always going to favor no, the absolutely. second strategy. Yeah. It's, yeah, always, but... it's always the second I one. promoted and boost I... to E2. That should say everything you needed to know about that. <laughs> that, is an expensive yeah, and, uh, that is an expensive process. And this favor of uh, all the... Dark Horse unit is why videos on such as uh, Sinzara clearing the latest uh, trials with Kenny Crow as his Provoke Evade tank are so popular. Yeah. Have fun with the units you like, and if you like a unit, it's not bait. That's just you getting a unit you like. Absolutely. But if the unit you like is good, it's even better. It is much better. Oh, yeah. Point in case, exactly. I would totally try to make Team FF8 work. In the form of Squall, Quistus, and Cypher. I would totally try to do that. But to clarify... No, no, no. To clarify, liking a unit because this unit is powerful, has there's nothing wrong with that. No. That's fair. But at least make sure you like them for more than they're just their numbers. Because otherwise no, if, everything if is going to be a big no, 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 no. It's the, if that's what provides you enjoyment, that's fine. Okay, yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm sounding a little judgy there. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Like some some people are there for the powerful units. That's fine too. Yeah. As long as long as you're enjoying the game, do it yeah, how you want to do it. 
Yeah, the yeah. same rules apply. Pull for the numbers you have right now, not the numbers you're going to have three months from now. Yep. If you want to live in the future, actually play the JP version. Please. Simple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to live in the future. <sighs> And with that, and with that note, Galen, on your FFA team, I'm waiting for July so that I can complete my disciplinary committee trio. And that I'm waiting for Raijin so that oh. I got Cypher and Fujin. Got it. I'm like, wait, what? Okay, yes. <laughs> anyway, that's all the time we have for this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will be back next week with more of the games you love to hate. Have a good one, y'all. See you. See, see y'all next week. week. See ya, see ya. One.